0: Hello and welcome to Reliance's podcast. We hope that the message encourages your heart today. If you'd like to join us in person, we meet weekly on Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30 or 11 o'clock a.m. And if you want to find out more about Reliance, come check us out online.
1: This is our desire, wake us up to the realities of heaven. Wake us up, the hour is upon us. That's what your word says, the hour is upon us. Wake us up, no more drowsiness, no more sleeping. God, your kingdom is upon us, God. I pray that we are a bride that is awake, making herself ready, making herself ready. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Man, I, yes, no, announcements, yes, yeah, okay, real quick, we, I wanna share these real fast. These are important.
2: Good morning Reliance Community Church. Welcome to another beautiful Sunday. A couple of announcements. Vacation Bible School is coming up. You can still sign up your children. You can sign up to volunteer. There are clipboards going around. If you are unable to help that week there's a QR code on the sheet on the clipboard that you can scan and you can make a donation if you're not able to help in person speaking of children we have a need in the nursery the nursery in the two-year-old class at the 9:30 service if you want to volunteer one sunday a month in there and hold a baby and help out with the toddlers please contact liz massey you can email the church you can stop by or make a quick phone call we would love to have your help in there last but not least you may be wondering why i'm wearing a bucket hat well the men's trip to table rock is coming up in july you can still sign up I think there's gonna be some guys doing some fishing and boating and just hanging out, having a great time communicating and just being together for some fellowship at Table Rock in July. Now I'm going to turn it over to John Neiman and Nanette Kalsik. They're gonna do an update on the building project. So here you go. Hi, Reliance family. It's Nanette and John from the stewardship team. And we are here today to talk to you about some of the exciting updates that are going on with our new build. As you can see behind us, there's been a lot going on, but it's about to take some really exciting shape. In the next few weeks, you're gonna see them doing some concrete work. You'll see the steel delivered and some of the walls will start going up. And as we move forward with this project, there's going to be some opportunities for you to get involved.
0: Thank you again, Reliance, for your generosity. Uh, What's happened here over the last year, if you're new to Reliance, so many things have taken place. We had a challenge last fall where we were able to pay off the debt of our existing building over half a million dollars. And we did that in like 90 days. Well, now we're in the construction phase and we have a lot going on, as we mentioned, and and we're now in that next challenge. And we're really excited to put that in front of all of you, ask you to prayerfully consider uh, how you can help with this, whether it's time, talent, or treasure, there's a lot that can be done to help grow our Reliance community and also make sure that, you know, we get some uh, extra bathrooms because sometimes, well, we're a little short on bathrooms when it comes to Reliance, if you know what I mean. So as you all know, we have a a line of credit to help us uh, with this uh, building process. But one of our goals as a leadership team is to not use that, uh, just to go with the generosity and the giving that takes place. And so far we've been able to do that. So again, we appreciate you. But also know that one of the other goals we have is to continue to pour into ministries outside of the building. Globally, locally, and even here in the city. And we have been doing that. Uh, just thank you to everything you've done to help make that happen. 15 to 20% of our budget actually goes to ministry outreach. And we want that to continue while yeah. we do this because we know that reliance isn't about buildings, it's about all of us bringing more people to Christ. And so, again, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're about to do. This is going to be an awesome, awesome place for us. More than bathrooms. It's going to be a great place to do ministry and a great place to do outreach.
1: Amen. Hey, I heard one woo when it said we, we, we care more about sowing out than sowing in. So my woo person, let's all say woo because that's what we want. We want, to be, we want to be known as a house that sows out more than sows in. Amen. So we just want to just, you can never outgive give, God. so God, as he's given, man, we just want to pour it out on ministries and missions and everything God's doing. Okay, let's get your Bibles open. Let's go, Psalm 100, and here's what we're going to do. Everybody say, this is, this is good soil. This is good soil. I need you guys to stand up with me, if you would. We have been running in intercession. We've been talking about intercession. We've been talking about how intercession is praying God's heart back to him, knowing his will, standing in the gap, hand of God, and then praying for whatever it is we're praying for and watching God respond. And so we know that Holy Spirit intercedes, Jesus lives to make intercession, according to Hebrews 7, right? And so we know that our role, our priestly calling, is that we both make a sacrifice and intercession. This is what he called to. We did a bunch of work on this last Sunday, and so we know we're called to do intercession. And so with that... We're going to do a reading of Psalm 100 out loud together. Now normally how this works is, I start us and everybody's loud for a minute, then you taper down, then I look like an idiot. But not today, in Jesus' name. We're all going to read it strong together, right? (laughs) To the finish, here we go. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Amen. 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 You guys can grab a seat. Father, we pray this word. Sink it deep into our hearts. We're asking in Jesus' name. We're asking in Jesus' name. And so here's what I, I want to do today. Today, I, I want to I give some keys to intercession. I really feel strongly that, that, that today we need, anybody want keys today? Like I feel like we need keys to unlock places of intercession. And Psalm 100 gives us keys in how we approach the Lord as intercessors in the throne room. And so um, I'm, I'm going to work through this because how we, how we enter into place is important. For instance, you didn't come in today through windows. You didn't come in today trying to climb through the roof. You came in today through what? Doors. There's a right way to enter. There's a right way to enter and we need doors and we need gates because walls are hard to walk through. Unless you're you're Jesus and then you got that. But walls are hard to walk through. And so there are times, did somebody ask this, had anybody ever run into walls in your prayer life? Anybody? There are times we're praying and we just feel like we're running into a wall We just feel like a running wall. The Lord actually has a gate that we can go through, and there's a way in which I believe Psalm 100 lays out that gate so that we don't run into walls in our prayer life. And so we're going to get some keys, we're going to run in that today. That's my prayer. Gates are important because gates are an entry point into somewhere. And so I just want to confess to you something today. Over the years, uh, Christian and I, our kids, man, they were involved in a lot of sports, a lot of activities, and man, we just shelled out money for them to be involved in all those things, and I just got sick and tired of paying all the money. Anybody else out there? Your kids are involved, you're shelling out money. It's like you buy them their equipment, and then you, you pay for them to be on the team, and then you go to their event, and you got a stinking pay to get into their event. Well, I got fed up one time with that. This is we years ago, by the way. I got fed up. We were going to a track meet, I was going to a track meet for one of my kids, and, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not paying to get into this track meet, so I scaled the fence and jumped over it. This was years ago. I was, I was a little bit more spry in those days. I break a hip today, right? But, but I jumped over the fence, and as I was there watching that track meet, I couldn't even enjoy watching it because I felt so much guilt. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, yay, run hard, I'm going to hell, right? Like, <laughs> Like I just felt this tremendous guilt in my life because I scaled over the fence rather than going through the gate and paying, right, to get in. I felt so much guilt that I actually went back to the front gate coming from inside and I handed the gal money and said, I I need to pay you. And she goes, well, you're already inside. I was like, I don't know, it's a weird deal, right? (laughs) And so I, I, I paid her and the moment that I came back through the gate, I felt like something was lifted off of me. I could now enjoy watching my kids do their event because I came in the right way. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? I I feel free just confessing that to you, by the way. There is a gate, there is a gate that actually leads us into a place of intercession. There's a gate in which we approach the Lord. And so in Psalm 100, he actually lays out a progression in how we go before the Lord. It's a beautiful progression. And there's something that really stirred me last week when we were talking about intercession and standing the gap, and I I may, I may mention to this i said most of the time much of the time when you read about the lord's anger in, in the old testament and how it, he, he burned it's like his anger burned against the people so much of it had to do with how the people grumbled against the lord how the people complained against the lord and if you remember i kind of throw throughout just joking like so don't do that right and We all kind of. <laughs> I, I felt like the lord goes no really don't do that like it became from this like you know oh it's a light moment to he's like no really Really grumbling, grumbling was not good for me. Grumbling, complaining was not my heart. And and so he brought me actually back to that because I think there is something profound in how we approach the Lord that unlocks the gate and engages him with a different heart posture than grumbling. And and here's what he tells us, and I'm going to focus on verse 4. Enter his gates with, and his courts with, give thanks and bless his name. So here's, here's the progression as we enter into the presence of the Lord. As we get into his presence, it says, get into his gates with thanksgiving. Um, he, here is where we thank God for what he's done. That's what thanksgiving is. It's, it's thanking the Lord for what he's done. And then he says, and once we're through the gates and we're in the courtyard, our time is not done. We don't just go, well, now I'm in. Now that we're in, we enter his courts with praise. Here is where we worship God for who he is. So we're thanking him at the gate to get in. You're amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're in. Now we're spending our time worshiping God for who he is. His loving nature, his kindness, slow to anger, merciful, and you could go on and on and on. Think about this for a minute, just even in your own homes. If I get invited into your home with my family and we're coming to dinner at your house, we're coming in. What's the first thing we're doing as we're opening the door? Thank you for having us. Thank you for inviting us. Man, we are so thankful that you would invite us in. Thanks is coming out of our mouth. Once we're in your courtyard or your living room, now it shifts. Something shifts from being thankful to, man, you guys have such a praise play comes forward. And so if this is what it looks like, we see this in the kingdom of God. Thanks precedes praise in God's kingdom. I want to show you this. Here's the progression. Thanks is the gate. Praise is the courtyards. That's his attributes. And, and his character, who he is. Then he says, thanks again. Now that I'm in, it's like, thanks again. And then bless his name. And to bless his name is where we bow down. That word bless is where we bow down, we kneel, we come under his name. When we bow down and come under his name, now we have access to the holy of holies. Because when I'm under the name of Jesus, I have his righteousness. And because I have his righteousness, I can go into the holy place and I can make intercession for the Lord. Amen. Do you see the progression? Okay, so so this is what what the progression looks like. And we we know that our calling, first and foremost, last week we said, as a priest of the Lord, we're a royal priesthood, as the scripture says, like our calling is first to minister to the Lord. That's what the priest did. Their first priority was to minister to the Lord. Then they ministered to the people. And so as a minister to the Lord, our priestly calling is that we're going to go before the Lord. Now there's something I learned. The priests never went before the Lord empty-handed. It's so we don't show up before the Lord empty-handed. What we bring is our offering and our sacrifice. And our offering and our sacrifice is thanksgiving and praise. I'm going to show you that today. I'm going to show you that today. We thank Him, we praise Him, we bless Him and now we intercede. So thanksgiving, two words that can change everything, thank you. In fact, tell the person sitting by you, thank you for sitting by me. Go ahead and tell them, tell them. Anybody just feel like, wow, I feel really good right now. Look at the smiles, you guys are smiling. Why? Because when you hear two words, thank you, when you hear two words, thank you, it changes something in you, amen? Even something silly, in that moment, it can change something in you. Why? Because thankfulness, thankfulness builds something into somebody's life. Thanksgiving then to the Lord is agreeing with him for what he's done. It's saying, Lord, I agree with you for what you've done. You're amazing. So, so I, I read this quote, I love it. As we grow in our prayer and devotion to God, we will learn that the language of faith, listen to this, we will learn that the language of faith is not please, but the language of faith is thank you. Thank you. I'm not, I know that you're going to give me everything I need for life and godliness. That's his word. Thank you. That's my language of faith. Thank you. It's going to be there. Thank you. And so what this does is it actually opens up a door. So Thanksgiving actually opens up a a, a door and puts us back in right order with the Lord. Church, this is big. David caught this in in 1 Chronicles 15. The Ark of the Covenant had been taken by the Philistines for a long time, returned because God did not let the Philistines mess with his presence. I love it. Right? Whole nother preaching story there someday. And so so they, they send it back. The Ark of the Covenant stays in a barn for about 70 years. It's just hid away. The presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament, where his presence was supposed to be, was like stored away in a barn. David gets this revelation, like, we got to bring the presence back in the house. So he builds a tent, David's tent. It's going to be the holy place for the Lord. David's going to put things back in right order again. And David, in, in 1 Chronicles 15, before, before he brings the ark back, he begins to put men and women in order. He begins to get the priests. He begins to get the worshipers. He begins to organize all the people. Because when God's presence comes back into the house, there's organization to it. Amen? Now look what he does in 1 Chronicles 16:7. 7. Oh. David gets the presence of God back in his tent. He sets up the the Ark of the Covenant back in the tent. And in 1 Chronicles 16, 7, look what they do. Then on that day, David first, somebody say first. first. David first appointed that thanksgiving be sung to the Lord by Asaph and his brothers. Before anything else, David says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you, Asaph, before all things, I'm going to assign you and your family and your lineage and your brothers, I'm going to assign you that your job, you're going to be paid to be full-time thankers before the presence of the Lord. Now, I just want you to think about that. If somebody asks you, like, what do you do for a living? I'm a full-time thinker. Yeah. Oh, you're a thinker? Nope, I'm a thinker. Nothing going on up here. I think. <laughs> That's what I do. I think. I don't need to thank when I thank, you know what I'm saying? He was a thanker. That's what Asaph and his family did. They stood before the presence of the Lord in shifts and rotated night and day, day and night, night and day, day and night, and they just simply thanked the Lord. Imagine somebody employing somebody to follow you around going, thank you, thank you, thank you. You'd be like, I am the stuff, right? But we're not the stuff. The Lord is the stuff. And so the Lord is going, this is worthy of my name. That's what we just said. This is worthy of my name. And so these guys are full-time thanking the Lord. You're amazing. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Full-time. And now order enters the house of David. And look what happens. When order enters the house of David, Asaph and that lineage, they're thanking the Lord day and night, night and day. David is ruling and reigning because he's the king. Order falls on the house of Israel, and they flourish and prosper in the days of David. Do you see what order does? We're in the right order. And so thanksgiving, thanksgiving brings us in right order. Thanksgiving also breaks bondage and gives freedom. Thanksgiving is one of the greatest weapons that we have against the enemy. He knows it. He knows it. It's one of the greatest weapons that we have against the enemy. And it's this identity of going, we have nothing outside of you, Lord. Everything that we have is because of you. Apart from you, I can do nothing. Scripture says, apart from you, I have no good thing. So, so, so the thanksgiving is us telling the Lord, apart from you, I'm nothing. I've got no good thing uh, apart from you. And so I thank you, Lord. And what it does is it sets our minds and our reality back on the Lord again. Now I want to show you something with this. In, in Jonah, you guys know the story of Jonah? Jonah got, what, what happened to Jonah? You guys, well, boy. A whale, a fish, something big, right? Which is why I avoid the ocean at all costs. Jonah got swallowed by something big, fish, whale. Jonah got swallowed by a fish, scripture says. So he got a call from the Lord, go to Nineveh. He ran, why? Because he knew that God was merciful and grace, grace-filled. And that he would save the Ninevites, and, and he didn't want that. Jonah didn't want that. So he runs from the Lord. Not because he didn't think the Lord wouldn't do it. He knew the Lord would do it, by the way. Jonah runs from the Lord, and, and, and then they throw him overboard, gets swallowed by whale. For three days, he's in the belly of a fish. And he's got a lot of time to think. He's processing through things, and there is this dialogue in Jonah that's just absolutely incredible that he's having with the Lord. But look what happens in verse 9. Jonah gets to a place, and I'm sure in this place of a pit of darkness and a pit of despair, he's like, how am I going to get out of this thing? And then in verse 9, Jonah says, I will sacrifice. Here's his priestly role. I will sacrifice to you with the voice of what? My sacrifice is going to be a voice of thanksgiving. That which I have vowed, I will repay. Salvation is from the Lord. Then, look what happens. So Jonah offers a thank you to the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah up on dry land. George, so want you to think about this for a minute. He's in the belly of a whale. How am I going to get out of this belly of a whale? And he goes, thank you, it sounds absolutely crazy. That's why it was a sacrifice. Because he was in a pit of despair in the belly of a whale or the belly of a big fish. It was a sacrifice because in his mind he's going, how is two words, thank you, going to set me free? And the Lord says, because I operate out of thanksgiving. Let me put this in your context. How many of you guys have felt like you've been in a pit of a belly of a whale? You've been in a place of despair, brokenness. I mean, you felt just the weight Of everything against you, darkness was upon you, and you are like, I am in a pit, and I can't get out. I'm in a hole, and I can't climb out. I have cried out, and I have said every prayer, and I have done those things. And the Lord says, will you bring a sacrifice of thanksgiving? Here's why thanksgiving forces me to stop thinking about me and it actually it actually forces me to start thinking about the lord rightly and and this is why hell hates gratitude it's why hell hates thanksgiving because everything in hell wages war against you knowing rightly who the lord is and so when I'm focused on myself and I'm not thinking rightly of the Lord, like, hey, you're supposed to be provider, but I don't know if you're going to do it, so I'm going to provide for myself. Hey, you're supposed to be healer, I don't know if you're going to do it, so I'm going to seek it. I, you're supposed to be comforter, but I don't think you're going to do it, so I'm going to seek out comfort. When I don't think rightly on the Lord, hell relishes in that. But when I start getting that mindset off of me, and I start thinking rightly on the Lord, thank you that you're provider. I haven't quite seen it yet, but thank you. You're going to be provider. You've done. When I start thinking rightly on the Lord, hell quivers, hell shakes, God moves. I'm telling you, this is His way. Why? Because it gets your heart positioned back on Him rightly. This is what the enemy contends for you against. Is he doesn't want you to think rightly about the Lord. And so, so Jonah, so. So Jonah was a way where thanksgiving broke his bondage and gave him freedom. Now now what happens when our hearts are closed off then? Like what, what, what's the big deal if I'm not that thankful of a person? Let me, let me show you something. Our heart reveals a lot, right? Everything in scripture talks about the heart. And if the heart is not grateful and thankful towards him, it can be closed off to him. So instead of the heart being a gate of thanksgiving, the heart becomes a wall. And I just told you it's a lot harder to get through a wall, Amen than it is a gate. And so our heart can become a wall and not a gate. And let me show you in Romans one twenty one what this looked like for the hearts of men and women. In Romans one twenty one, it says the people traded the truth about God for a lie. They traded through, so God gave them over to debased mind. Sexual immorality comes in. They traded natural relations of a, a man and a woman for other things. That's so where we see homosexuality and all those things. All these things start coming, identity issues, all these things start pouring in. He gives us the answer right here. Listen, church, Romans 1, for although they knew God, they had a knowledge of God. They were sitting, some would say they, they were sitting in church. They knew who God was. They heard about him. They knew the stories about him. Look what it says. They did not, everybody say honor. Honor. They did not honor him. Yeah, 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 God, we're sitting here, we know about you, we just don't honor you. We we just don't honor you. They did not honor him as God or give him what? Give thanks to him. They became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Their hearts, instead of being gates, became walls. And even though they knew God, just because you know God doesn't mean you know him rightly. They didn't know how to respond. They did not thank him, nor did they honor him. Listen, if you are grateful and thankful, you are you you will honor. And if you honor somebody, it means you're thankful and grateful for them. Therefore, it says, therefore, this was the catalyst. They didn't wake up one day and go, you know what, let's just not follow the Lord anymore. It's not what they did. That the catalyst for them wasn't just one day they go, we just don't like the Lord. That wasn't their catalyst. They, they allowed their hearts to stop being thankful, and they allowed their hearts to stop honoring the Lord, and when they stopped honoring the Lord for who He was, and they stopped thanking the Lord for what He's done, everything was released that was not of Him inside of them. It gave them over to a debased mind, a corrupt heart, broken heart, darkened heart, and sin entered in. Instead of being a gate of thanksgiving and praise to enter in, it became a wall that kept them out. When we lose, when we lose offering, our offering of thanksgiving, here's what he says. Lust consumes us, lies consume us, twisted thoughts consume us, everything wars against us. Look, just look, look around. I would say that our, our nation has lost its honor how we honor one another. There was a time that we could, hon- we could disagree and honor one another. Yeah. There was a time that we absolutely were a thankful culture. Hey, thank you for opening the door. Hey, thank you for doing that. Hey, thank you for letting me have that place in line. Hey, thank you for doing that. Hey, thank you for doing that. Now, there's no thankfulness in our culture, or very little. Amen? Do you see it? Like, he's, he's, it's playing out, man. Yeah. Honor lost, thankfulness lost, all, 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 no holes barred, all, all things come in. And so there's, there's something that changes that. Real quickly, there's something that changes that in Revelation chapter four. The opposite actually happens in Revelation chapter four. Thanksgiving actually changes the culture of a house, changes the culture of a room, changes the atmosphere of a place. On the opposite side, in Revelation chapter four, it says all the creatures, all creatures with breath in their lungs were gathered around the throne. And here's what it says. And wherever, whenever, and whenever the living creatures give glory and Honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever. It says that the Lord moves. Whenever there's glory and honor and thanks, that moves the heart of God. So the opposite of the Romans 1 is the Revelation 4, where there's glory and honor and thanks. Where there's glory and honor and thanks. The right way to respond to the one who sits on the throne is glory and honor and thanks. The wrong way is what Romans 1 did. Did not honor him and did not give him thanks. And so here's the deal, like we want people, we, we want to shift in our culture, this what we pray for, us, what we've been interceding for. We want to see our culture shift, we want to see people, man, right now that are struggling with maybe identity issues, struggling with confusion, struggling with addiction, struggling with lifestyles. We want to see people that are struggling in these places, and what we're doing is we're grumbling and complaining against them, rather than creating cultures of thanksgiving to the Lord, believing that's going to shift the atmosphere of their hearts. So I'm complaining and I'm grumbling rather than create a culture and atmosphere, let's say in this house where we're thanking the Lord and everybody's watching from the outside struggling through something and they see a bunch of men and women with their own brokenness in this house and we're like, in the belly of the well. thank you. In my struggle, thank you. In my marriage, we're working things out, thank you. And these people out there on the outside are looking in going, man, how can they thank him? I want what they got. We're creating cultures of thanksgiving, and it's so foreign to our culture, they're going to want it. And when the culture is changed in their heart, and that wall comes down, and a gate is established, the king of glory will enter through the gate and change the identity issue, the confusion issue, the addiction issue, when the king of glory enters in. Amen, church. Thanksgiving changes walls into gates. And it stems, it stems from this. It's the verse five, for the Lord is good. Remembering, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. I think it's so so easy to forget all the things that God's done for us. Like even like things that are right in front of us, like very rarely do we get in our groups and we just go, man, I have everything I've ever wanted in life. If that's your, I want to join your house, church, if this is your discussions, right? Like, like, I'm so, I have the best cars and my house is amazing and my kids are angels. They play harps. It's just beautiful. <laughs> like, we'll get together and we'll share some highlights of things that are well. And then it, what always happens? It shifts. There's a shift. This is good. This is good, And then it's like, oh, but then I'm, right? Normally we get together and we're like, my life stinks. Nothing good in my life. My car's a piece of junk. My house is not big enough. My kids, they do not play harps, right? And it's like we, like we shift off of what we know is a gate. You guys hear what I'm saying? And this is typically how we are. Why? Because we've forgotten. We've forgotten what God has done, that, that, that we're breathing. We're alive because he sustains us. But we're the same, we're the same as God's people. The Israelites, Psalm 106. Opens up awesome. Praise the Lord. Give thanks for he's good. His faithful love and do us for Who Who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? Who could ever praise him? And everybody's like, ah. And then he jumps down to verse six in Psalm 106. Like our ancestors, we've sinned and we have done wrong. We have acted wickedly. Our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miraculous deeds. What? <laughs> we, were not, we were not impressed by the Lord's miraculous deeds. You mean how he saved you out of 400 years of captivity in in the largest known military uh, superpower Egypt of the time by moving his hand against Pharaoh causing plagues to fall upon them where they allowed a million people to walk out of their land and plunder them while they did it? You mean you weren't impressed by that? It's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it says, they soon forgot his many acts of kindness to them. So look what it says. Instead, they rebelled against him at the Red Sea. Even so, ah, this is the Lord. Even so, he saved them. Why? Because it's his nature. His nature is he's kind. He saved them to defend the honor of his name and to demonstrate his mighty power. He commanded the sea to dry up, and he goes through. He rescued them from their enemies, da-da-da-da-da. Verse 12, then his people believed his promises. Well, I, I should hope so. Yeah. Then they sang his praise, and then look at verse 13. Yet how quickly they forgot what he had done. They wouldn't wait for his counsel. In the wilderness, their desires ran wild, testing God's patience in that dry wasteland. They would see God move. Thankfulness would rise up. Ah, we're so thankful. We're so thankful, we're so thankful God's hand is upon them and they're blessed. And then just short periods of time would come in, thankfulness and honor would decrease, thankfulness and honor would decrease, thankfulness and honor would decrease, and look what would happen. You know what, let's just give ourselves over to whatever desires we want. We don't need the counsel of God anymore. Let's just do what we want to do. What happened in those times of thankfulness, gates were open and God was moving, and in the times where they lost it, walls were formed and God's anger burned against them. we much different there's a quote quote that I read it says one of the default settings we inherit in our sin nature is the belief that when things go well we did that and whenever something goes really really badly God did that it's his fault I got money got money in my my wallet got money in my pocket I worked hard man my boss noticed me you know what he saw what I was doing it was my commitment Just to work, and I'm just a hard worker. He rewarded me for that. Like young people, like fellas, when a a girl falls in love with you, and you're like, well, you know what? That was my charm and my sensitivity. I did that. No, the Lord did that, fool. The The Lord did that. So all of a sudden what happens is, is we, we, when something good happens, we did that. That was me. I, look at what I was able to do. But then the moment something bad happens, the moment the shoe drops, it's, Lord, how could you do that? How could you let that happen? So I just took all the glory and I just said, you get all the shame. No one in this room woke up this morning, I'm sure. I, I would just guess in my mind, maybe one holy one, in here, (laughs) no one woke up this morning, fell out of bed, got on your face before God and said, God, thank you for letting my heart beat all night, thank you, there's a reason, Mark Batterson says it like this, you may feel as if you're sitting still right now, but it's an illusion, planet earth is spinning, thousand miles per hour, every 24 hours, planet earth pulls off a 360, we're hurling through space on a a velocity of 67,108 miles per hour, So even on a day where you feel like you didn't get much done, don't forget that you traveled 1,599,793 miles through space. Don't tell me I didn't do anything today. (laughs) I'm going to use that one. And if that isn't miraculous, he says, I don't know what is. Yet, Yet, when was the last time you thanked God for keeping us in orbit? I'm guessing you never prayed, Lord, I wasn't sure if we'd make our full rotation today. We just don't pray that way. And he says this, and this is what just got to my heart. And the ultimate irony, we already believe God for the big miracles like they're no big deal. The trick is trusting him in the little ones and thanking him in the little ones because we're not naturally inclined to give God glory that's due his name for all the millions of blessings that we receive every single day. So how do we change that? We magnify the name of the Lord. Real quickly, Psalm 69, 30. I will, magnify. I was like, is it not up there on the screen? Now let's say it like we really believe the word. I will magnify, magnify God with Thanks. thanksgiving. Listen, when we thank God, when we thank God, we are acknowledging that he is the giver in our life. Like we are, we, he is our benefactor, we're underneath him. This is what thanksgiving does. Like when, when somebody says thank you, they're paying you a compliment and it magnifies you. When somebody says thank you, man, thank you. Man, you really blessed me. Thank you so much. Like you did a good thing. All of a sudden, like there's something that, that, that almost feels like I'm indebted to you. Look what you did. I'm indebted to you. Thank you so much. And that's why when we're angry with somebody, we don't pay them the compliment of thank you. Because we're like, I'm not even attached or tethered to you. I'm not going to pay you a compliment. I'm sure as heck not going to say thank you, Right? And so why this is important is because David says in Psalm 35, 27, there's two different kinds of people. Let those who desire my vindication shout for joy and be glad and say forevermore, the Lord is magnified. Or he says there's another person in verse 30, uh, 26, let them be clothed with shame and dishonor who magnify who? Themselves against me. So there's two kinds of people, those who magnify themselves and those who magnify the Lord. So what kind of person do we want to be? We want to be people who magnify the Lord. And all of this, all of this is where we get a heart check, where thanksgiving comes in, starts to check our heart, and really becomes the spiritual barometer. What's my thanksgiving level inside of me right now? That'll probably be a good barometer for how much we're trusting the Lord. It'll probably be a good barometer for where my faith is at right now. It'll probably be a good barometer for how much I feel like the Lord truly is good. As I begin to think about my barometer of thankfulness. And when you start to magnify the Lord, something happens. When you start to remember how big God is, man, he's huge. Ah, You did this and you moved this and you brought this and you gave me this. And when my kids were sick and I didn't know if I was going to have, and I just, man, you did this. And all of a sudden you start to see the magnitude of God. And then you throw in the whole orbit, you know, spin and deal. And you're like, oh my gosh, like he holds everything together. He's making sure that 8 billion people's hearts are beating He's making sure there's enough air on planet Earth to sustain, like all these things. And you think about the magnitude of God, all of a sudden something happens. I become super small and the fear of the Lord enters in again. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. Wisdom begins to rise. Number two, real quick. So we're thanking Him, getting through the gate, and then... Now that we're in His courts, what do we do? Enter his, enter his courts with praise. Praise focuses on the character of God. It's praises for who He is. We're praising Him for who He is. It's His characters, His attributes. It's God, you're merciful and you're loving and you're kind and you're filled with grace. You're slow to anger. Man, it's just all the characteristics of God. And so if Thanksgiving gets us through the door, praises brings us closer to the holy place. So when we worship and we're worshiping, like even in this house, when we begin to worship, we're agreeing with who He is. We're like, God, you're magnified. God, you're worthy. As we worship, we're agreeing with who He is. And the Holy Spirit begins to do something in us. As we we worship Him, it says that God is enthroned on the praises of His people. And when He's enthroned on the praise of His people, His throne and His Lordship begin to be enthroned on your heart again. And so He takes the, he, when we're worshiping, He takes the, the wall, He takes the wall, turns it into a gate, and then gets you closer and closer to the Holy of Holies. Just through the simple act of worship. If You feel distant from the Lord, just begin to worship. Put, put on, the, put on the, the radio, I don't care, love or whatever, put on something, just begin to worship. Watch what happens when worship exits your mouth for who God is. So I'm going to spend time thanking Him. Watch what happens when you just begin to worship for who He is. Something begins to happen in your heart. Because we're agreeing with who He is. Maybe out of all the things Scripture says, Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. You and I have faith because of Jesus. He authored it. He perfects it. And one of the ways He perfects it, He breathes on us, gives us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is reminding us constantly about the faithfulness of God. Remember, remember, He's bringing to remembrance, Scripture says, He's bringing to remembrance. And so when I'm singing songs in worship, you reign above it all, you reign above it all. When I'm singing those songs. Like I'm confessing who the Lord is. He's king. He reigns over all. Holy Spirit is breathing faith in me. This is who He is. And all of a sudden, words that we find in Scripture, names and attributes of God that we find in Scripture. He's provider, and He's faithful, and He's healer, and He's father, and all the other things that describe the Lord begin to come into my heart. And then I move from a place of praise where I fall down and I bless His name. And not that the third one? Bless His name. So I've just moved from praise, I'm closer to the throne room now, and now I'm going to bless his name. And when I bless his name, again, that means that I'm falling to my knees, and I'm coming under his name, and I'm going, you reign above it all. You are provider and faith and healer and all those things. And so as I'm blessing His name, faith is rising up in me. Holy Spirit's giving me more and more of who God is. How? Through His Word. All of it comes through the Word. He's revealing who God is through His Word. He's Father to the fatherless. He's healer to the one who needs healing. He's faithful to the one who's struggling. He's provider to the one who needs provision. And faith is rising in. And I've not even asked God for one thing yet. I'm just blessing His name. And the more and more that I bless His name, faith is rising up in me. And now that I've thanked Him and I've praised Him and I've blessed His name and faith is rising up in me, now I boldly go into the Holy of Holies with faith in my heart that not only are He those things, but He's gonna do them in somebody's life. I'm gonna intercede for somebody now. Because I can go into the Holy of Holies and I can pray and not believe those things and struggle with that. But when I've spent my time thanking Him, praising Him, blessing His name, faith has risen in me, now I'm going to pray and say, I've just listed a thousand things how I'm thankful that you're my provision, now I know you're a provider, now I know you'll do it in somebody else's life. And faith rises. Do you guys hear me? This is what we're going to do today. So we're going to put it into practice. We're going to get in our groups, three, four, got time, trust me. It's 11 o'clock, sir. You're not going to be out here until 2. Just real quick, just if you give me five minutes with this, maybe, maybe six, Um, you can get your groups of three, four, five, or ten, doesn't matter. And I just want you to spend the first few minutes blessing the name of the Lord. Lord, your provider, Lord, your faithful, we bless your name, your healer, your father. Just bless his name. Let thanksgiving rise up in you. Let thanksgiving rise up in you. Lord, you did this. You moved this. You restored this. You moved in my marriage. You did. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then spend time praising him. You are so merciful. You're so good. And then spend time blessing his name, and you're going to say the names, and you're just going to spend time in your group. You're not going to ask the Lord for anything yet. You're just going to praise Him, you're going to bless His name, and you're going to thank Him. You're going to let faith rise up in your circle, and then at some point, something's going to stir in you, and you're going to go, I have somebody right now who needs a healer, and I've just confessed a thousand ways that you've healed, and you're going to do it for their life, and now you're going to intercede for them. Why? Because now there's faith in those words. Do you guys hear me? There's faith in that. And God moves through faith.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in for today's Word. We hope that it continues to encourage you and bless you as you go about your day-to-day. And Until then, we will see you next Sunday. Have a great week.